Hi, welcome to the Artificial Intelligence, Machine Learning and Data Science Weekly Podcast. My name is Kwan Hong, or you can call me KH. In this show, I'll be talking to AI, ML and data science practitioners around the region. In each episode, I will dive into relevant and interesting AI, ML topics, where you get to know more about topics ranging from AI, ML adoption, best practices, and tips and tricks to be a better AI, ML data science practitioner. Hi, welcome to another episode of AI, ML and Data Talk Podcast. In today's episode, I'm super excited to have Aswadi A. Rahman, who is the Head of Data Analytics of Amana Saham National Bahad as the guest of the show. Hi, Aswadi, welcome to the podcast. Okay, thanks, Gahesh, for the invitation. How are you today? <laughs> so, I'm good. <laughs> Quite a lot of projects nowadays. Yeah. Okay. So as a uh, let me introduce. So as a flow of the show, normally we'll give you uh, a chance to give your a brief introduction about yourself. Maybe talk about childhood, your education, and maybe some uh, background on your career path. Uh, what makes you land to your current position now? Okay. So um, I was born in Klang, Selangor, uh, in one of the. Uh, Village, so I'm a I'm a kampong boy, a village boy. So um, not much thing in my um, childhood. So um, I started uh, pursuing my degree in electrical engineering. So I started with, as an engineer uh, in in I think in Huawei. So basically doing all the uh, stuff like um, 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 code, not really on coding. So more on set, setting up the 3G, uh, 2G, and on the 4G. So not into data science at that time. So, uh, but doing, um, we do a lot of uh, forecasting during that time. So we do a bit of um, forecasting. So basically something like um, uh, linear regression things. But it's just, at that time, data science is not that hot stuff. So we didn't really know about data science, but we, we do a bit on the statistical um, forecasting. Uh, then I think I joined um, Cellcom. So then in Cellcom, basically, we, we're doing some sort of KPI, um, tracking some of KPI. So during that time, we need to do some planning. So this is um, where I started my data science journey, basically. And after that, I think I joined um, Aziata uh, as one of the naval analytics. So doing the same stuff again, um, monitor their, their network. So basically, we do a bit of um, um, modeling, but it's not on the something like classification model. It's not that like it's just something like an SQL query, um, doing um, some sort of um, uh, labeling on using the SQL query. And I think during that time, um, we, we do, um, I change the department. So I'm doing marketing stuff after that. So from a network perspective, where I do setting up the network and everything. So I changed um, uh, my career to the uh, marketing stuff. So during that stuff, we do a lot of uh, machine learning. So basically, I think we do uh, some credit scoring uh, in one of the banks in, in Jakarta. And um, I, there's another one. I think we, we do something like a persona, uh, classification of persona using our data 
um, 3G, 4G data, so it's being converted um, using a CDR. So CDR is called detail record. So we need to have something like classification on the data. So which of these um, particular user going to which persona see this classification? And we do a bit of NLP back then, um, just to see the keyword that being typed by the user. And we need to classify to which category so we can do something like recommendation. And uh, that time is more like a startup kind of environment. So not much thing on the um, reporting to the board. Uh, I mean, explaining to the um, senior key, I mean, key management uh, people over there. Uh, it, so at that time, I jumped to a different company, CIMB. So this is where I started my corporate journey. So basically it's a data science and it's a corporate kind of environment. So it's totally different back then. I mean, um, in here, we didn't really focus on the data accuracy. I mean, the model accuracy much, but it's more like um, trying to create a storytelling using our model. So things like, um, partial dependence graph, um, things like uh, sharp, right? So we use sharp sometimes. Uh, just try to give some sense of uh, what are the models trying to predict and uh, what is are the predictor that are being used uh, for the models. Uh, I think one of the models that we presented to the board is some, uh, during that time, I was uh, something like AMLs. Uh, and of course, um, heads in in CIMB. So I think one one of the project, uh, if I'm, I remember, is um, AMLs, uh, anti money laundering. So back then, uh, CIMB have their own, um, what you call it, uh, something like not machine learning. So basically, it's something like labeling. So if let's say certain user have uh, reached certain threshold transaction, so they would trigger an alarm. So one of the um, researcher or one of the um, uh, staff, they need to look at, at the data, the, the alarm, and then they need to have something like a manual kind of research. Also, whether this guy is a valid uh, kind of uh, anti-monitoring trigger. So over time, actually, uh, there's a lot of uh, triggering. So fast alarm, there's a lot of fast positive over there. So uh, that's where we come and then we, uh, we mentioned to them saying that, hey, uh, we can have you. So back then in CID, we, 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 we like something like a Google brain. So we, we go to each department. So we go to compliance saying that, hey, we can help you guys uh, uh, minimize the risk uh, and then minimize the workload as well because everything that been triggered by the system, they need to check, right? And I think they, at one point, uh, they trigger a lot of alarms. Uh, I think they can't search, uh, they can't, something like they, they can't um, uh, check all the alarms for about six or seven months. So, so they have back, uh, backdated log over, over six months. Uh, so there, uh, what we, can, we mentioned to them, hey, um, we, we, we have a machine learning and we can help you guys to reduce the workload. So basically we're trying to fine tune um, the accuracy up to where they, they certified with us. 
uh, certified with the um, what you call it uh, the, the the accuracy. And um, but the challenge over that because it's a bank, right? So uh, bank negara came and then they, they they need to see how the model works so that uh, it doesn't give a wrong interpretation, right? So we show them. Uh, so using sharp. Um, using partial dependency, we show them. Um, so if let's say this guy doing um, something like transaction between these, so our machine learning detect that um, it's, it's highly um, predicted to our AMLs. And I think it works. Um, so uh, Bank Negara are okay with it. And the compliance team, uh, they're okay with it. But um, I think one of the concern is what if uh, a new way kind of uh, AML bin figure. So what happened to the previous one that we closed using the system, right? So um, over time, uh, after six months or seven months, uh, we need to use the new machine learnings and we need to check back the one that we closed uh, six months ago. So this is one of the things that we, um, I think the challenge over there in corporate. So the models can be um, really accurate up to tails that you, you can do subject interpretation on the models. Uh, I think and, and one of the things that we do um, branch cache optimization as well. So um, I think in Sam, I think in many banks, uh, how they do works basically, they, they will do, um, they will send money to all the branch, right? So usually the money is located inside the, the vault, um, let's say three million formula. And then that three million formula is not being used because usually people go in there and wanted to do some deposit, right? So um, if let's say the money is not being used by them, it's really is a cost to the bank. So what we do is we forecast uh, the usage of each uh, branch so that they will have um, just sufficient amount of deposit in, inside their vault so that we can optimize our um, I mean our cost on the something like um, um, I think that's a base rate because the money is being given by bank negara and then bank negara will charge us some some one point five percent if I'm not mistaken so we we kind of save um, back then about I think one or two million on the cost saving I think ML is around ten million. Um, Roughly, so and, so for all these uh, model that you build, for mm -hmm. example, you using your previous uh, experience. So normally, what's the turnaround time for you to get a, a model running and then able to deploy? So mm. what, what what's the normal normal time period? Average average time for because I see that you work with so many projects. Mm. Yeah, so it depends on the stakeholder. I think on the branch cache optimization, um, because it's regression and then. Uh, after we deploy, uh, it can easily view uh, on the feedback, right? So, there were, I mean, as long as the uh, the branch saying that, hey, uh, we 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 don't have enough money. What happened to your modeling? Why is not accurate? So it's okay. So far, there there's no issue with that. But on the AML, I think at that time for the branch cache optimization is around um, two or three months. Um, it is quite quick. Uh, because um, all the stay is okay. But the ML, because we have a lot around, I think, uh, so many parties, we have compliance. Um, so we have Bank Negara and we have also the uh, top management. Uh, 
where they want to see the result uh, as well as uh, to understand how it works. So it takes around, I think, um, seven to eight months. Yeah, because um, once we do, and then we, we, we mention to them, this is how we want to do. And they say, hey, um, some of the things that um, you guys build, um, and then some of the thing is um, it's not being detected. So we need to refine again the models. I think in that, that iteration, um, I mean, building the models, um, make it accurate, and then getting a new predictor, um, I think it takes around four to five months. And then the six, seven months is just to get the approval from the top management. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I find interesting that you mentioned mm. that uh, you need to fine-tune the model. I think this is very common for any people who are right. doing data science or machine mm -hmm. learning. They always said, uh, the, um, like, there's a concept where we say there's a data drift, you know, there's a concept of uh, uh, concept drift in it. So data drift means uh, sometimes the data that you use to train a model has changed. Or we talk about concept drift is the direction of the company has changed. So the model that you build, uh, it's actually no longer valid. So you need to actually do something to the model. Maybe probably you have to retrain whatever, or you have to you come back and see how do you improve the model. So I think that's something that's a continuously as a, as a data scientist, a machine learning engineer or AI developer, or whatever, you have to look at the, this process. So in your past experience, uh, do you see that the, is the, the part that when you need to come back and fine tune the model, is it something that is a very important uh, Things to do, and uh, what is the skill set uh, as a data scientist for you to detect you know, how, or, or or experience that you how, what that you need to do to actually improve the model. Okay, so um, um, let me give you an example, um, especially on the um, anti-money laundering detection. Um, so um, once we go live, right, I mean the models uh, being uh, deployed um, every day. I mean it is us every day and then it's being predicted and then all the uh, key highlighted um, highlighted role or highlighted alarm being uh, sent to the all the AML researcher uh, for them to verify. And at the same time, uh, what we do is we take some sample from our uh, um, negative uh, non-detection AML. So we have around, uh, I think, 10. So we send them as well to the researcher. So if let's say we found that one of the um, least, I mean the least uh, predicted to be ML, uh, I mean the 10, uh, I think not 10, I think something 100, um, to be, um, I mean, that's one something like false negative. So we're going to revamp our model. So, so once we reveal a model, we need uh, we also need to look all the things uh, that uh, we I mean we, we we close by the system by our model. So I think we train the models um, using um, almost I think every month. Um, so every month we look at the um, score as well. Uh, I think at one score. So if let's say something like less than 0 0.05, I think last time it's 0 0.75. And then if let's say we found out it's less than 0 0.70. Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the model as well. So if let's say one of the researchers found the um, case from the false negative, right? Um, so 
uh, I mean for the for the negative one. So what we do is we we investigate that one um, triggering. So some of the things that <clears throat> some of the predictor right um, on the ML cases uh, is not being supplied to the model. So what we need to do is we we okay we talk back to the researcher on how you define this one. How can we get this data and then we feedback into the model. So when we we design the model, uh, we feedback into the model. Once it's, it can detect this sort of um, issue, so we we go in continuously um, training the models over time. So, so this is what we do. Basically, you have done. Uh, so yeah. when you retrain the model, you also look back at the features, isn't it? Because I'm sure that uh, right. there's some of the features that you miss. That's why you you have this false or negative uh, things that's happening to to the model. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, quite interesting. Uh, let's go back to uh, the song you talked about. You did some uh, marketing uh, analytics where you have some mm -hmm. model for customer behavior interest. In it. So, what is customer behavior interest? Because I, I you also mentioned about persona. In it. So, mm -hmm. maybe just start with what 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 is data science to uh, to do with the customer behavior interest, and how do you determine customer behavior interest? Okay, so um. Because uh, back in, um, I think in Asiata, there's not much thing as labeling. Like, so it's something like cold start problem where you don't have any labeling. So what we're going to do at that time, basically, so if let's say some people tend to have a steaming behavior, so we have collected some of the URLs um, and then all this URL is being labeled by uh, these um, steaming things. So uh, what we're going to do next would be we, we put all these um, URL keywords and some of the things um, that are, and all of the URL keywords basically, um, we, we go to the website, we scrap to the website, and then we try to find out uh, where it's this URL belong to, whether it's this content belong to some streaming or this content belong to some e-commerce. So we, we're doing this NLP things and then we fit into the classification model. It's just uh, something, a uh, simple NLP model, basically. So from there, uh, basically based on their web activity, then you build a, like a profile of the user. Then you yeah. try to so, understand, try to understand yeah. uh, this user belong to which category. Yeah, correct. So you know, if, in the future, if let's say you want to target these guys or this girl, so we're going to use this uh, model, uh, I mean, to enhance it and then do some sort of recommendation uh, engine on top of it. Okay. So how, how does it tie to credit scoring? So uh, you, you, no, also credit some, you also did some credit scoring modeling. Right? Is it related uh, or is it too, too Yeah, it is totally not related. So basically, getting uh, credit scoring back then uh, with a bank, um, I think it's more like to see which, uh, which behavior or which attribute like age or something um, can affect the credit scoring basically. So um, it's not much. I think last time we doing something like binning kind of things and then all the binning have their own category, let's say uh, age, A0, uh, something like 18 to 25, you have uh, your own score. So this, so if let's say we fine tune this um, uh, score, what happened to this credit scoring? Um, I think it's just a simple kind of models for that. 
So those were time where you use the CDR and the call detail record together with the usage of SMS, whatever. That yeah, so, so we try to link with um, telco kind of data um, with the bank data at that time. I see. Okay. Uh, yeah, so nowadays we all, everyone is very interested to talk about marketing analytics. So what is marketing analytics actually? Okay. Uh, marketing, I think marketing analytics is quite, quite, um, um, I think quite close to me currently because currently I'm working with um, SND, Manasam National Bell Height, which is under PND. So SNB basically focus on the marketing side and PND is more like investment kind of company looking at all the investment. But for us, we are doing some sort of marketing. So when you ask me about marketing, right? Um, so what we trying to do basically on the marketing side, like um, we, we trying to see the user behavior and then that user behavior basically have um, tendency on certain things. So let's say um, on, on some of the um, unit holder that I'm trying to predict, they, they have this online presence. So basically um, what we do is um, when we do the modeling, like we do something that like we call partial dependency. So if they say the models um, um, try to see this predictor, those are having online. With those that not online, right, in database. So if they say it shows that those uh, having online habits that tendency to uh, take certain campaign, so we're going to use that as our benchmark to the key management saying that, hey, um, we need to push online marketing because uh, the, the, the uh, what you call it, the prediction saying that, the model saying that uh, is, uh, times three of those that um, don't have online. So this is uh, the, the things, I mean, and if let's say there's online, we wanted to push into social media kind of thing, um, be it in, in, uh, in Google's, uh, be it in um, whatever social media that we have currently. So this is uh, the things that we're marketing as to. So I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Uh, so when you talk about marketing analytics, uh, you, you have a lot of analytics that you can do so to understand the, the consumer better. So what, what would be the out, outcome of this uh, model? Is it, what, how does the product look like? Is it going to be a system? Or, because I think I'm sure for a lot of my listeners who are, who are very passionate about data science, they, they, they will straight jump into doing machine learning. They will learn about scikit learn whatever. Then, mm. then they will just uh, evaluate the model, prediction model using confusion metrics or AUC, okay. whatever. But then they don't see that to the end where the model will deploy and then has, mm. as, a, as a product. And then, so for your case, let's say, let's, let's take an example of a marketing analytics. How does, a, how does a, uh, the, the model look like as a product? How is it going to be used? Okay. Uh, so I'm thinking one of my uh, sense. Uh, so what we're going to do basically um, we wanted to predict um, their redemption, so their investment um, behavior, whether they're going to invest um, next month, next two months, um, how they're going to invest, everything. So the goal, the objective would be to see who's going to um, go to certain branch or go to a certain, to our website to do the, um, uh, investment so, so 
So you going to top up your investment over there. So using that, right? So um, so we know the goal is trying to predict um people that are going to do investment. So we're doing something logist um we're doing something like um regression analysis, right? So for each unit holder over there, so we're going to predict them. So those who are have tendency to um go to certain branch and we, we're going to flag the the, the um custom uh, the, the stuff over there. So this guy's going to go to this um particular branch or this guy's going to do some online so that we can do some online marketing when they open the website do something like um upselling for selling kind of things so the the objective would be try to increase their investment uh, so doing this model um definitely we can um, target this customer um to increase the investment so we get a lot of money basically Mm -hmm. So basically, you are saying that uh, your 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 system that or the model that you build will output a, a result, and this result mm -hmm. will be conveyed to the stakeholders so they can take action from there. Yeah, correct. Okay. Uh, next, uh, uh, I'm sure that uh, even anybody who practices uh, data science or machine learning, we always have a very good result during the training uh, the training our model. But then when we usually when we deploy the model, <laughs> the result is not so good. So we have the we have this term called training and serving skills. Eh? So mm -hmm. for, for, for your case, uh, for your case that uh, for example your marketing analytics, so you're gonna output output a result. How do you how do you measure the performance of your result? Then from the measurement that you do, how do you come back and do have a feedback to you know, to your model? What do you do when you have a bad performance during the uh, when the result come out? So um, I think on the regression result, uh, what we do is currently, because um, the challenge that we have currently with my current company would be the data is huge, right? And um, when it's huge, you need to have, um, I mean, better laptop or better server to process it. So if let's say you have um, at least 100 gig of RAM of server, um, I think if let's say you have 100 gig of data, you need to have at least the same amount of RAM or at least double the amount of RAM. So in in currently in my current environment, we don't have that. So we only have 32 gig of laptop to massage all these 100 gig of data. So the challenge there would be trying to um, come up with models uh, to do some incremental model. Uh, so we do incremental models. Um, I think every month. Um, so we have a fun job uh, looking at it. So once um, the, I mean the model definitely gives some output. So we we are using something like called uh, RMSE. Um, so if let's say the RMSE um, reduced to something like zero point zero five. Um, so we're going to come back to the models again and try to see what happened and how to increase it. Uh, but it's rarely we use, uh, we see that um, I mean, models are not being performed because I think we do a lot of uh, something like, I mean, windowing kind of validation, right? So far, the only things um, skewed would be because of this COVID. So because of the COVID, we have um, a lot of issue on our prediction, but um, 
thank, thank God we, we managed to put the COVID predictor into the models and then the models um, perform better than the previous one. So hopefully if let's say there's, I mean, if let's say in the future suddenly we don't have any COVID, we need to make sure all our predictor on the COVID part, let's say the COVID equal to one or equal to zero to make sure it's zero in the future. So hopefully this is going to work in the future. Yep. So I think this, this is also what I explained just now about data driven. I think mm -hmm. during these two period, two period of the uh, time that we have, it's very, very different from the uh, yeah. the previous uh, historical data. And uh, this two period is, uh, if you just just look at this two this two years period, I think it's uh, it's very hard to predict anything because it's totally different is uh, compared to the previous historical data. Mm -hmm. Uh, another thing that uh, would be quite interested to know is, uh, I'm sure sometimes the algorithm can be very biased. So, how do you resolve any issue where there's a bias, uh, when the algorithm is biased? Okay, uh, I think it's normal for your algorithm to bias, right? Uh, but usually, what we do is, um, maybe we're using random forest uh, most of the time. Um, and there is a classification, aggregation, and then we're going to go up a bit on the gradient boost tree. So most of the time we can see the features important. Um, so what's important to you? And so if let's say we see all these features is um, okay, it doesn't really give uh, so much bias. Um, so we, we usually when the model being created, we still need to go to the top management saying that, hey, this is um, what our models predicted and this is uh, the key features, key predicted that are being um, learned by the models. Uh, so what the things that we do usually, we do something like uh, three interpreter. So for each um, regression output prediction that we do or classification that we do, so we basically know for each value, right? Um, what are the predictor, whether it's due to um, age, whether due to the account age, whether due to some state it's been. So usually we show them this. So we go to the subject matter expert usually. So we go to subject matter. Okay, this high value that we predict over here using our model, uh, of the lens. So we use it three parameters showing that this amount, let's say, is the we, we, we predict that this guy is going to invest around. Um, I mean, 10,000 or 20,000, we're saying that, okay, this 20,000 basically compound of this due to this um, uh, state because the state they live in, because the location they live in, um, because of their age. So if they say their age is 40, 50, they tend to invest more because they have more money due to the income rates. So all of this, um, we basically show them and, um, once they're okay with it, so we say, okay, this, this, um, the model is okay. Um, so it can be trusted and let's deploy. Okay, interesting. Uh, I think one of the way to actually reduce the bias is actually having a subject, human subject matter expert. Uh, so then yeah, you can really evaluate <laughs> the model better. Okay, I, I just shift gear a bit. Uh, I, I just know that uh, recently you just graduated with the Master of Data Science. Uh, congratulations on that. I, I, have, a lot, I, I have a question that uh, what makes you continue to you know to actually go further your study to do a master of data science? 
So do you do you see that the having a master is actually really going to help your career, or is it because of your passion or interest or what? Why do you actually go go and go back and to to further your studies? Oh yeah. So um, I think I start uh my my um swing my master uh two two years back because um I think there's a value on the um master that I tried to get at that time. So uh, now I did achieve it. Uh, so some of the company, um, they, they, they want to see um, at least you have uh, something have to do with data science. So basically, previously I was in engineering, uh, telecommunication engineering um, degree. So uh, even though I have experience um, on data science, so um, usually um, uh, people in corporate, uh, they they still look at your degree. They still look at your master. I think that's the reason I think I get my current job. So basically, they filter based on uh, a master of data science. Those that have data science and years on experience. So they pop up into their search, and so they call me. So luckily, um, so I finished graduate with master and. Thank God I had that master. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so basically, you're saying that uh, your master actually helped you to actually further your, your career. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> interesting, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, next, I want to ask, uh, you know, you know we, we, when we talk about data science, it's actually very wide scope. There are a lot of people want to be data scientists. But nowadays, uh, the recent, recent report from US coming up that uh, the most number one uh, most sought after career is no longer data scientist, it's a machine learning engineer. A lot of people talk, a lot of people also talk about not just DevOps, also people talk about MLOps. No? So we as we know that uh, building a model is just very small component of a data uh, uh, of an of a AI system or of a machine learning system. Whereas it's a, when we talk about end-to-end -end pipeline, there's a lot of other things that need to be you know, need to be actually thought of. So how about in your organization? Do you have a, a, a very structured way of that you have data scientist, data engineer, machine learning engineer, or data analyst? Or do you see that the, 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 the next trend of uh, uh, people working in this area, there's a very structured way that uh, there's a, a, a specialized for machine learning engineer, data scientist, data analyst, and data engineer? Uh, I think so far in my company, they, they don't have this um, um, what we call it um, specification on um, I mean job scope for what is machine learning engineer, what is machine uh, what we call it, um, something like data science kind of uh, work, job scope, everything. So what they understand currently from their point of view is uh, data science can do everything. So basically they just hire data science and they just upscale most of the um, staff currently to do uh, some data science courses and they call themselves, uh, they call them as a data scientist. So basically um, they are the uh, data engineer, they are the uh, machine learning engineer, they are, they are the data scientists end to end. So they, they don't have any segregation, I think, uh, but over time, I think they will change um, basically because uh, uh, so once they, they know what uh, the, the, the real data scientist job basically do, uh, what is the machine learning engineer do and data engineer do, um, they, they will come to that, um, definitely. So 
currently what we have currently is uh, still early so they just put us together into one um, department so that we can at least give some kind of uh, magic into their data <laughs> so so uh, it is kind of um, high expectation from them basically yep. uh, because um, we are we are having it takes time to to build something correct and then to test something to experiment something and um, hopefully it change over the future yep so i think the because my question coming in uh, mm -hmm. from the perspective of uh, graduates coming out from universities where a lot of uh, uh, i think for the past three to four years there are a lot of degrees specializing on data science so i think we are producing a lot of data scientists coming up more and more data scientists but the expectation from the industry is they want a, a, a very a very holistic kind of data scientist where they can do machine learning engineer job they can do right. data engineer job so i think the people who are aspired to be data scientists they have to be careful because uh, the expectation outside there that is you have to know more than what you probably learn in universities yeah yeah so i agree with that so usually um i mean from the top management they didn't see um data scientists, machine learning engineer, data engineer to be a different type of people. People, they, they just wanted, oh, we, we have data scientists. They definitely, they will have something. But over time, if they say um, um, someone that have um, background in data science, um, maybe something like chief data science officer came and they, they know exactly um, how, um, important this data engineer is, how important this machine learning engineer is. So hopefully, um, I think most of the company uh, can separate this kind of job because definitely is tired to do everything, right? You, you, I mean, you need to do some, some data engineering kind of things. And then um, at the same time, you need to do some machine learning. At the same time, you need to um, make sure that the business stakeholder understand whatever things that you do and they need to do make something like a lemon term to them so all of this is is kind of um, a thing it's not possible to do by one people or maybe um, some data science um, okay. petitioner uh, so come, I, mean, I think from from your career perspective you have come from a long way from a person who has more on so 3G network, and then now they are doing data analytics. So from your perspective, based on all your years of experience, what's the one biggest challenge that you think that you face or you learn while working on this, uh, in this domain of data science or machine learning or AI? What's the one biggest challenges? What's the biggest challenge that you think that the, most people will not, might not be aware of? I think the, the hardest thing that as a data science practitioner would be try to convince the business user right so whatever models that you do um, so I, I think last time we do a lot of good modeling a lot of good editor but when you, it comes to um, trying to convey the message of this model how this model works how this model going to benefit um, your your this organization? Um, how to quantify the benefit of this outcome is lacking on most. I mean, one, most of the data scientists basically, uh, even me. So, with I mean, currently, um, that's the thing that um, 
I think I'm trying to learn and I mean to convince the business user. So usually, um, if let's say you go to um, uh, in senior management, you saying that hey, my model is um, something like like seventy five percent, and then they will still ask you, hey, why is not ninety percent? Why is not ninety five percent? Kind of things. So we, we so the the thing is you need to do something like um, not really on the modeling side. So basically, you need to. Um, slice your models and then create a storytelling on your models. And so creating a models is just one of it, right? So when you're creating a model, let's say you have the best model, you need to make sure that other models give you a kind of storytelling to the business user. So, I mean, the business user, something like the key management or the senior management, they, they have this, um, what do you call it? They, they know their stuff, so they, they know something like, um, so this, um, let's say the people that age, certain uh, age, they, they tend to have behave like this. So your models need to jive with it. So once your model jive with it, and then you can explain um, how your model predict, and then it makes sense to them, and it can easily, uh, they can easily approve uh, the models, and they say, okay, let's deploy it and um, let's running it. So this, I think this is one of the challenge that we have currently. Yeah, so I, from, to, to, to summarize basically, uh, to be a data scientist, not just focusing on technical science. So being a good storyteller and also have some business acumen. That means you have to, you have to connect the, the, the viable yeah. the story there from your model and then to the business side, how this can actually affect the business and what kind of decision can you make? And that, that is very important because uh, most of business uh, stakeholders, whatever, they're not interested to know what your model, but they're more interested to what can I do from this? And what kind of action, what kind of decision that I can make? So that's very important. Yep, yep, right. Okay, uh, the last two questions. So I'm sure that uh, you are also constantly looking for you know, good top uh, people to join your, your organization. So what, what do you look out for when you want to recruit a data scientist or machine learning engineer or or, or the uh, AI AI scientists. What 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 kind of traits that you look for? So um, the I mean the, the 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 skill that I'm trying to find in um, if let's say these guys are one or two year coming from um, some data center, the key thing that uh, I would like to see from them usually I try to see whether how they they solve their problem. So basically how they try to solve the problem, where they're trying, um, I mean, how, where they can refer, where they, they go into their GitHub, where they, they, they go into uh, I mean, the uh, GitHub somewhere else, and then try to find that code, and then try to make sure that code works with your models. So I'm looking at their GitHub as well. So usually if let's say some people asking me, and this is their resume. So I'm looking at their, uh, so I'm asking them, do you have any GitHub? So that I can take a look. So GitHub is one of the best thing to measure people's uh, skill. Um, so if let's say I'm looking something, I'm a machine learning engineer. So usually what I ask, usually I'm looking at um, people that trying to solve. I mean, the, the key important is they know how to solve it. So if let's say um, we have, uh, like previously we have, 
um, on the incremental learning, right? So most of the incremental learning out there is not sufficient for our use cases. So uh, one of the things that um, that um, one of my guys do uh, would be trying to talk with the uh, like GBM uh, maintainer itself, trying to ask um, some kind of advanced technique and some of the things that they can implement on doing on some small batch incremental. So uh, they so they need to know um, how to write a code and then how to learn from the code. At least you need to at least um, can edit the code itself so that it can work with you. And then um, hopefully you can get the best models um, that you can create it. Yep. So basically critical thinking and problem solving is very important. Yeah, correct. <laughs> Okay, uh, last question. So I, I, I think it's very, very interesting that uh, you have changed your career. You have gone a long way you know, from, uh, from somebody who is on uh, engineering now to become a, a data scientist. So based on that, what would be your tips or advice if I, if I aspire to be a data scientist like you? What, 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 what is advice that you can give to people? Um, uh, one of the advice would be uh, don't stop learning. Right, so every day there's um there's a good library over there that can help on your business, can help on your models, and can do some sort of permutation on your features, and and just try to see um whatever things that um can help on the models. So basically, some paper. So usually. Um, I try to see some of the paper on the tabular um, data. So try to implement into my model. So if they say like um, the previous one uh, that I that we see is on the entity embedding. So we change from the one hot encoding to the entity embedding and we implement into the models and make the models more accurate. And, and the second part, they try to build some connection with other data scientists as well. So usually, um, so every time I, I meet a, uh, any data scientist, so usually uh, I talk about uh, some of the, my experience and I ask them. So usually all data scientists that I, I, I um, kind of meet, uh, I, I, I meet online or Facebook page, they have their own strength. So usually I try to learn from them and I ask them how they do this and what kind of library they use. So connection is kind of um, good. And I think the, the third one would be um, try to read a lot of books um, because I think last time I, I used to um, do something like, just a blogging, try to see a GitHub, try to see. But books uh, give you a different perspective. It give you end-to-end -end kind of um, um, skill. Um, so by reading books, basically, um, definitely uh, by reading books, you can give something of business acumen uh, into your data entity. Whatever things that you want to present to the board, books would be a very good um, source, basically Safari online kind of things. So I think this is three things that usually I'm trying to um, um, use uh, in my entire life to be something like a successful data scientist.
Okay, I think there's something really just really the uh, insightful. So I, uh, I never stop learning uh, or get connected with the with the right communities that will actually build your network and also you know get to learn each other things from uh, from the best people around the industry. That's also very important. Okay, uh, thanks for your time for today, Aswadi. I think we have really talked a lot of things, and then uh, it was a very insightful session. Uh, hopefully, uh, my uh, the listeners out there have actually gained a lot of uh, uh, advisors and also a lot of uh, insight from from the from today's session. Thank you very much okay. for your time. Okay, thanks, Kehis. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others post about it on social media or leave a rating and review follow this podcast on apple podcast google podcast or spotify podcast if you have any comments or recommendations i'll be glad to receive your voice messages send me your voice messages via the link in the show notes to catch all latest episodes you can follow this show on our website www.aimldatatalks.com or our social media such as instagram or twitter with the handler at aimldatatalks Thanks again. I will see you next time.